Whoever you are, you are in more danger than you think. I cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost. Be careful, Diana. Who is this woman? She's my, um, secretary, sir. She's a very good secretary. Hello and welcome to Step and Repeat, a weekly movies and award show podcast. I am Andrew and I am joined here today by my co-host Matt. Hello. Uh, And you just heard the trailer for Wonder Woman, which is our movie of the week. And uh, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time or the first time in a while, uh, during this lockdown quarantine, we are uh, doing different themes each week and leaving it up to you, the listener, to choose which movie we watch and review. And this week, our theme is superhero movies. And out of the four options that we gave, you chose us to watch Wonder Woman from 2017 and uh, directed by Patty Jenkins and starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, uh, Robin Wright, and a whole other bunch of people. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how. If you want to say Robin Wright's a star, sure. (laughs) I know she's like barely in it, actually. Five minutes. And she probably got paid millions of dollars. Oh, I'm sure. So, uh, but she's like definitely one of the bigger names in in the movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's our our big theme this week. Who knows how long this theme stuff is gonna last for? But I'm having fun. I'm having fun. So, what is this like week four or five? Five. So, I think we're gonna continue it for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Well, at least until movies start to open up again I, uh, when is this gonna when is this gonna end <laughs> uh truly <laughs> so, i mean i enjoy doing this podcast with you but i really just want to go see <laughs> new movies yeah and I, I even when my other home well like even when the movie theaters open back up there's definitely going to be social distancing oh, yeah. so it'll be like half capacity so even the part of the shared experience of a movie theater will still be somewhat reserved because you're sitting like six feet away from your friend or your partner or I family, know. whomever. So no putting your arm around anyone in the near future. Yeah. And I mean, there's going to be all sorts of things like popcorn machines that pop things into your mouth <laughs> because <laughs> You can't touch it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a bit of a story. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm I'm curious to to see what the new movie going experience is gonna be like. Yeah, because we've all gotten used to watching things. Yeah. Or online. we can put up Yeah, they can put up um plastic barriers between each seat. Be in your own little uh, pod. That might be a little that, expensive, though. That would be a lot. Yeah. I know. So, also, when they open up to, like, there's kind of just, like, a certain level of trust, right? Sure, so, yeah. movie theaters have kind of indicated that there's going to be, like, screenings, like, almost like airport screenings to get into movies. And, um, like, I just kind of, like, do not see that happening on a wide scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but... 
I mean, just like think of how many times you've snuck in candy or food into a movie theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be like that tenfold now. They're going to be checking you. So, yeah, like up and down. Uh, well, like I'm saying, like people get away with yeah, getting yeah, yeah. things in the movie theater. So yeah, I don't see them. Every single person paying getting paid minimum wage to like take your temperature. I know. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's hard to get him to care enough now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that I have any disrespect to the theater employee, but I think yeah. we all know who I'm talking about. Tre- Trevor just trying to get by in 11th grade. <laughs> I'm talking uh, about you. I have no idea what you're talking about. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> Quarantine break. Way over my head. But yeah, um, I mean, until then, movies will kind of still be on demand. Yeah, yeah, and on streaming. So, speaking of movie theaters, do you remember when you saw Wonder Woman in theaters? I was thinking about it. I actually don't really remember my theater experience watching oh, really? it, but I remember the movie. Did we see it together? Yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, so, I'm sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> What uh, was it? Did we Tell see me. it together? That's what I just asked you, and you said yes. No, no, I'm I'm trying to think. Like I'm I'm like trying to think if we did see it together. I I don't remember seeing it oh. in theaters. Well, but I, I know fort- I saw it. I was fortunate enough to um see an advanced screening of this, <laughs> and I remember my theater being absolutely packed, and I was like up in the middle, like of the theater. I never sit like in the middle of the movie theater, but for this one, some reason I did. Like I was like in the middle of the theater. I usually sit on the end. Um. And, like, I don't know why, like, I remember this so well, but, like, the seating, I felt felt so claustrophobic, but um, I just remember, like, I really enjoyed the experience, even though I hate sitting in the middle of a row. Um, it's just, it's weird, like, how you remember, like, certain things when you see movies, um, which is actually more of a reason why <laughs> I'm more excited. I'm excited for movies to, movie theaters to open back up because it's such a memorable experience. Um, some good, some bad, but uh yeah uh i remember really enjoying it uh and i actually rewatched wonder woman again um and i enjoyed it just as much just not as a obviously not as much as i did the first time in theaters um but it, it, i saw it with a bunch of friends i like i know a bunch of like my friends were there i'm pretty sure you were there i think you were there uh <laughs> but who knows it's been so long three years three years yeah i know God. <laughs> It to quote Billie out. Eilish yesterday seemed like a year ago. True. Um, okay, well, before we get into Wonder Woman, is there anything you want to talk about? The state of the industry? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So a couple new trailers dropped this week. Um, the first one was actually, I just watched it, <laughs> was Shirley. Um, yeah, with Elizabeth Moss. Uh, yeah, and that looks interesting. <laughs> um, did you see it? I have. Yeah. Uh, so Shirley about Shirley Jackson. Yeah, yeah. it's um, a biopic about yeah. Shirley Jackson and starring Elizabeth Moss. And she looks we... just like her too. Have you ever seen a yeah. picture? Oh my god, it's creepy. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this briefly on a previous episode this season on the Invisible Man episode, uh, mm-hmm. kind of in- anticipation. Yes. This is like 
uh, Elizabeth Moss's big Oscar play. Yeah. And um, I think it's being released a little bit sooner than I expected. Uh, like, out of nowhere, Neon, the distributor, who also <laughs> distributed the Oscar winner last year, Parasite, <laughs> and they um, dropped this trailer this week, and they're like, coming everywhere June 5th. And yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I know. So neon almost all neon movies actually i think all neon movies are on hulu Mm -hmm. so when they say everywhere june 5th what i think they mean is like streaming or on demand or like on hulu yeah so but they don't make that clear and like a search like a google search on this or even a search on hulu doesn't pop up any results promising results or some from sources that i trust mm-hmm. <laughs> so um so i don't think their plan is to open it in theaters i mean not that theaters the theaters would have to show it anyway um and they may not be open on june 5th so it's kind of unclear <laughs> what they mean by that but i'm going to guess that it's going to be online yeah i'm striving i'm hoping for a hulu release yeah they um this is neither here nor there but i'm gonna watch the new neon documentary spaceship earth about like the biosphere in the 90s uh that like failed spectacularly isn't that the name of the Uh, epcot ball uh, it might be. Yeah, I think that's but, the ride inside the yeah. Epcot Ball, Spaceship Earth. Like, that's what it looks like, yeah. essentially, because it's just like a dome. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, and this is like a story I was like really unfamiliar with. I had no idea that this like experiment happened and it like looks like really, um, really amazing in a sort of train wreck mm-hmm. sort of way. So, and I like love those kind of documentaries. Yeah, it's but... like the tiger, it's the Tiger King effect. Yeah, that looks wild. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to see that too. So um, that was just released on Hulu, um, and that's a neon movie. So, um, well, that's <laughs> I just... know what I'm doing tonight. Now that Westworld's yeah. over, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I was thinking of watching it tonight too. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that. Um, so that's just kind of a sort of parallel to what Shirley will probably be released with. So. Right. Right the new the new normal has you know everyone i know people keep saying the new normal and i'm like please don't be the new normal for much longer please just is it is it new temporary new normal yeah it's the same yeah i know but yeah yeah that's like about it not not a whole lot of earth shattering things happening in the the movie industry right now yeah well Speaking of earth shattering, shall we get to our main topic, which is Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman. Unless you have any more industry updates, which I do not. I do not either. So (laughs) anyway, moving on. So, yeah. So Wonder Woman, um, we gave you all four options to choose which superhero movie you wanted us to watch and the um the nominees were wonder woman 
Iron Man, Watchmen, and X-Men, and Wonder Woman won with 44% of the vote, which was actually the, um, I think it's the most, like the highest percentage that one movie has gotten so far. Wow, so look at was, you. I think. Um, I would have to go back and double check. It's but, a sweep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Either that means you think the other movies that we picked were horrible, <laughs> or <laughs> you all just like really wanted to watch one. No, I think Wonder Woman's very popular, like the most popular yeah. among those. So, and we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, Iron Man got thirteen percent, Watchmen got twenty five, and X Men got nineteen. Mm-hmm. So, from there we. Um, Went into Wonder Woman. Uh, and uh, do you want to give a 10 words oh, or fewer I synopsis? About this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, ready? I'm, I'm doing am. this like off the cuff. I'm like literally I have my hands out um, counting the words. Amazonian princess leaves home to save world from war god <laughs> good yeah <laughs> okay I mean, that's much better than i think i like yeah. i literally just came up with that yeah. <laughs> um okay i will try to uh don't think about it just do it okay Diana leaves lesbian island <laughs> to end World War One. <laughs> okay, I'll take. <laughs> are we sure there are a bunch of lesbians? <laughs> no, but are we sure they're not? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, what? I mean, uh, Diana sure got the hots for uh, Steve when he's coming out. Steve. Of that pool. Uh, oh, yeah. Steve. Hunka hunka Steve. Chris Pine. Yes. And I'm I'm actually glad we chose Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman is like the least like superhero I know about. I'm a like a kind of a comic junkie. Um, but like I won't be stopping you every five seconds and be like, oh, did you know? Fun fact about Wonder Woman. So <laughs> maybe that's why everyone chose this. So I wouldn't be annoying with my <laughs> my my fun facts. <laughs> The lore of it all. Yeah, right. I get. I know nothing about the lore, so like everything that this movie presents to me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I so do... please send us your corrections yes, if we say anything egregious. <laughs> I only know one thing, and that's about Doctor um, uh, Doctor Poison. Doctor Marvel mm-hmm. is a kind of a bigger part of the DC universe. Um, she kind of has. In the comics, I know she in the comics she kind of plays a role in the Batman universe or the Batman series as well. Um, I know there's like we we can talk about it later, but she like she has some kind of role of creating Bane. So, uh, yeah. no, that actually might be a good time to get into a sort of question that I had is that. I have not seen all the movies in the DC extended universe. You're so. not, you're not missing much. <laughs> and, but you have, I believe. Yes. Unfortunately. Wait. Okay. <laughs> so 
how does this play into like Justice League and Batman versus Superman? So all those. So Wonder Woman was introduced in Batman versus Superman in 2016. She was kind of the breakout, not star. Well, yeah, kind of the breakout star of the movie. She comes in at the end and I guess saves Batman and Superman from total annihilation. I don't really remember that movie kind of like just left me like like such awe about a uh, meaning about how bad it was um i was like everyone is like so excited for batman versus superman to be like this great epic movie showdown and like comes out and it's just like so lazily done i could not stand i hated that movie um but she but of course like wonder woman is like the best part of batman versus superman she's like the peacekeeper um and she comes out and helps save the world now wonder woman comes out when does that take place time-wise so like present day roughly uh yeah, so Batman versus Superman okay. is like yeah, roughly present yeah. day, um, and of course like that that was the movie that kind of kicked off the, like the reboot of the DC extended universe. Like we obviously had um, we had Man of Steel, which was which starred um, what's his face I, Henry Cavill as Superman, uh, and this this was kind. Of, DC Extended Universe is so weird because we went from Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises to Man of Steel and we thought I kind of thought that these two were going to be the main Batman versus Superman people but then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Christian Bale, I don't, I can't really remember the timeline but he said he, he wasn't going to be Batman anymore then we had to introduce another new Batman to go alongside of Henry Cavill um, so really, really Man of Steel was supposed to be the reboot but then like we kind of scrapped that so then Batman vs Superman was the reboot, and then we moved into Wonder Woman, which ta- which was released the following year, 2017, after Batman vs Superman, which really introduces Wonder Woman, the new, really the new character, the new um, introduction of um, a, a new character in the DC Extended Universe. Um, even though we've seen Wonder Woman on screen before, this is the reboot of an actual good version. Um, now, I would say Wonder Woman was kind of a brush of, breath of fresh air because Batman vs. Superman was so bad and was so critically panned that wonder, that like you couldn't do any worse. And I guess people's expectations were so low for like anything coming out of the DC Extended Universe that uh, Wonder Woman was just so well-received and it was, it was so good. I mean, people were just shocked. And then the following year, Zach, um, we had the mess of the Justice League, which I guess we can get into later. Um, but yeah, so Wonder Woman kind of falls uh, in between Justice League and Batman vs. Superman. Even though it is an origin story, the story does take place before Batman vs. Superman, but kind of picks up in the Wonder Woman movie between the events of Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but it's the very whole weird. timeline, yeah, it's the it's whole a... timeline is so convoluted. Right. And Which like, is why... That... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just, I mean, comparing it to Marvel, like the way that everyone does, but Marvel at least like built to something and like you knew what they were building towards. Like you have all these solo individual storylines that builds up to the Avengers. Mm -hmm. And then you have this phase two or whatever, where they continue their story and then they meet up again as the Avengers and like battle another thing. Like that's a very easy to follow story. Like the way that you describe it, like 
is just so messy yeah. that it's kind of like, well, what's the point? What's... I don't like get what you're doing here. Yeah. What's the yeah. End game? Like we're going to like, no like, pun intended start over. And then, and I guess like now we're starting over again because like they realize like, Oh, I guess we screwed up again with this new Batman movie. Um, the Batman coming out. Well, it's supposed to be coming out next year. Um, but who knows? I, I, I don't know that. Like, I just feel like the DCEU, um, DC Extended Universe, has just messed themselves up so many times and kicked themselves in the foot. Even though, like, I mean, they have some hits and some misses. Um, but just, I, I don't know, have a plan and stick to it, you know? I, I don't understand why we have to keep going back and rebooting things. And Even though I do like Wonder Woman, and I'm very excited for Wonder Woman 1984. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I, I, I love this movie. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's one of the best movies DC has put out on top of, I, I would put it up there with the dark Knight. Um, even though we don't have much to <laughs> compare <laughs> the rest of the like, garbage. <laughs> yeah. When, when everything else is low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so seems, seems way yeah, high. Yeah. And I, and I think one thing that's, that Wonder Woman really has going for it is I want to start off the conversation with the casting. Um, I think Gal Gadot, I don't know where they found her, but she is like, I think she, she was born to play this role. I think I, I, I've never seen Linda Carter um, as Wonder Woman, but I, I think no one can compare to Gal Gadot. I think she's great. I think she's, I think she's hilarious. I think her, I think the comedic timing is great. Um, she, she looks great in suit. Um, she's an action star. She knows, you know, she knows how to play a superhero. Um, she clearly had great training. Um, well, she was an IDF soldier, right? Oh, was she? I don't, I don't know. I don't know much about like her history. Um, but I just, I just love Gal Gadot. I think she's absolutely great as Wonder Woman. Um, and then all the supporting characters, uh, Chris Pine is Chief Trevor. Again, hilarious. Um, great chemistry with Gal Gadot. Uh, Robin Wright, even though she's hardly in it, everyone loves Robin Wright. You know, she <laughs> as um, Antip- Ant- Antipy. Uh, <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even going to try. It's an- it's an- I think it's Antipy. Uh, it's, like her, yeah. it's like one of her uh, aunts. Well, they're, they're all sisters on the island, but um, you know, she's, <laughs> she's like, she's like Diana's role model trainer, uh, if you will, uh, growing up. And then, of course, we have Danny Houston as Ludendorff, um, who's actually turns out to, spoiler alert, not to be the main villain in the end. Um, but I don't know how many superhero movies Danny Houston has to do before he finally feels settled. Um, but, you know, good on him. Uh, uh, he was he's also played um, he's this is Danny Houston's one of the few actors who have kind of crossed over into both the Marvel and the DC universe. Uh, if you all remember, he was. I played William Stryker in 2009's X-Men Origins. It's another movie franchise that just is completely insane. Um, and then, of course, we have Professor Remus Lupin himself, um, David Thews. Th- how do you say Thews? Thews? Um, I think it's like Thulis. Thulis David Thulis as... Um, Could be wrong. Sir Patrick, but spoiler alert, he... He is, you know, the main baddie in the end. He's he is Ares himself. So, uh, yeah. So great cast. Love the cast. Um, and yeah, 
I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, also like uh, Lucy Davis uh, from. Oh yes, well, Lucy Davis. Oh, she's <laughs> yeah, she's so good. She steals she's like, the great show. Comedic, yeah. yeah, great comedic relief. Uh, Connie Nielsen as like Diana's mother in a sort of great. Like role reversal. I know Connie Nielsen best from the movie Gladiator. Yeah. And so to like, but she's kind of like essentially plays like the wife in the in Gladiator. Yeah. So, uh, so it's like nice to see well, her. As yeah. I mean, this the, is this is kind of a the movie. Gladiator. Yeah. This is kind of a movie where like you know it's it's time for women to like not be put aside anymore. You know, we we are going to be front and center, and I think you know she's Connie Nielsen is a great example of that she's like she is the warrior queen she goes from being the wife to the warrior queen so um so anyway that's a good point um but so i was trying like also um while i was watching this movie i'm thinking like okay yeah in 2017 this is a great response to the me too movement um how like women can be leaders and powerful we can have these women super female superheroes and um these women that girls can look up to but in 2020 today i'm kind of looking at this movie as like the heroes in the front lines facing the current crisis that we're in like i'm kind of comparing diana running into no man's land going to the trenches of war as like and i'm comparing it to like the nurses and the doctors in the hospitals um, and i'm like oh yeah like that's okay like this makes sense like i'm kind of glad we did this theme um you know what i'm saying like it's it's kind of cool like like to see like how like not every like not every superhero not every hero has to like (laughs) have a sword and shield and but like they're you know they're everyone's saving lives no totally totally get what you're saying yeah i think that's an interesting take uh i think i just got totally lost in the movie that i totally did not uh consider the sort of resonance in 2020 or in like coronavirus terms mm-hmm. of people being on the front lines but it's a good read i like that appreciate that yeah try to uh i try to try to relate it to the zeitgeist and you know what's going on in the world today so it so by when we say does it hold up <laughs> it definitely holds up uh uh today but just with a different lens yeah, uh, the that no man's land scene in particular is pretty famous. Like, my, the most famous scene from the movie. Oh, definitely. I don't know. Yeah. I I think just like a lot of people talk about that scene a lot. Like you just did. You just brought it up. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> so. iconic. It's pretty great. Um, I mean, it's a great visual representation for a lot of things. Um, you know, charging into the front lines and uh, women taking over and you know letting not letting any man tell her to you can't do that even though she probably shouldn't be going into no man land <laughs> nobody should be um but yeah it's a pretty iconic scene um and i really like it i think it's it's definitely the one that sticks out and you know you've got not only do you have the visuals you have the background uh music which i honestly think should have been <laughs> nominated for best score um but i'm not an oscar voter so <laughs> my opinion doesn't matter um but yeah i thought that i thought this was one of the best scores the dc universe has had um not only DC, but uh, comic movies in general. Um, it's really great. Like, dun, 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 dun. It's, um, it just really like clings to you and makes you really just fall in love with the story that much more. Um, surprisingly, no Oscar nominations for this whatsoever. I was looking that up too. And uh, 
there was like some talk of it like possibly getting a best picture nomination but like obviously that never happened yeah and I, I can see why, and I think that was all, like, noise, because looking at just some of the other nominations that it got, like, it didn't get really any of the, what you would call, like, the precursors, the yeah. precursor awards. I mean, it got, like, some here and there, but, like, do we really care about, like, the um, MTV Movie Choice Awards, or... <laughs> I used to. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, so, yeah, it really just did not get like the level of support that I would have thought that it had. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some awards, like I just said, like, like original score would have been great. I think costume design would have been, would have been a great choice for this one. I don't, yeah, I, think I don't remember all the costume design or all the awards from, from this year. Um, but I think it would have been a good contender for costume design. Um, again, if we would have had a stunts category, like I always said, we should, um, this would definitely be a shoe in for that. I think the, the stunts and the, the choreography in this movie are like bar none, like amazing. Um, the Screen Actors Guild, the SAG, uh, has a category for stunts yeah. in their award show, and this one, yeah, stunt category, yeah, um, rightfully so. So I think I think the the stunt work is absolutely phenomenal. Like this is one some of the best stunt work you've ever seen um, on screen, especially the camera angles when they're fighting. Um, are so masterfully crafted um, and done so great that you feel like you're actually there, like in the battle in any of the battles, really um, lots of bullet time. <laughs> when I say bullet time, I mean like matrix C style camera work where with the Ugh. slow motion and the, I uh, actually hate that. Yeah. Like that's yeah. one of my criticisms of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to, I guess, do you want to expand more on that? Um, yeah, I think, I think it like relies too much on like quick camera angles and like slow-mo like this is like the Zack Snyder coming out in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like, I think it makes the movie, it makes those tend to feel more generic than what I think the story or like the heart of the movie is. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't think it's like very well, put on screen like I, it's just kind of like off-putting it's like you didn't like need to do that like you didn't need to rely on like this bombast yeah um, yeah so i i kind of agree with you on that point where like so one scene in particular is the beginning scene on the beach when uh you know the the army first invades um the the island and there's the fight between the amazonians and the soldiers there's a lot of slow down what I call bullet time or whatever it was bullet time uh, camera work. And it just kind of takes away from the action. It takes away from the fight. It makes a little, a little awkward to watch in my opinion. Um, I don't have a problem with the quick cuts. I think that's, I think those work uh, in the fight scenes and the action scenes, but with the slow motion and the slowing down of the camera, the camera work, I, it does make it seem a little awkward to me. So um, leading in, to possibly a longer conversation i don't love the beginning and i actually think the ending is really bad i um, hate the ending of this movie yeah the the, but, the good part of this movie is the middle is the is yeah yeah i think it's a perfect movie sandwiched in between a little bit of a rocky start and a 
incoherent mess of an end. Yeah. So I, I hate uh, the end. I'm glad you said that. I, I yeah. <laughs> I think I feel like like this whole movie, like except for the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes, like that is Patty Jenkins. The book ended by Warner Brothers. I know. I I can't. I can never prove this, but to me, the end screams studio interference. Yes, yes, it does. Absolutely. So, like, um, and there's like actually a time. There is actual a moment. I think that you can like cut off, and I was like, this is the end of Wonder Woman, and I yeah. choose to believe that the rest doesn't exist. <laughs> um, and as soon that... as you mean as soon as you see Ares, I think. Yes, I just think well, it, I think that totally takes away from the movie. I think the conclusion of the Aries storyline is um, a mess because like, all right. So to back up for people who maybe haven't watched it in a while too, throughout a good portion of the movie, um, Diana Wonder Woman believes that world war one is essentially caused by the God of war Aries due to the history with um, her people. And so she believes that Ares has been um, like, has taken physical form in terms of Danny Houston's character, Lud something, I can't remember his name. <laughs> but... <laughs> L- 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 uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she eventually, towards the end of the movie, gets up to him and has this big climactic moment and kills him. But, like, the war doesn't end. Like, therefore, meaning she was wrong, thinking that it was, um, that Ares was Ludendorff. Um, however, like, literally then she basically turns around and there standing is somebody who she thought was her ally, um, uh, who is, uh, uh, David fuels um yeah and sir, he's sir like, patrick yeah sir patrick and he's like i'm aries essentially and she's like no, no, no. Mm-hmm. uh and then they have this like messy like battle which like comes out of nowhere and there's all these just like superpowers flying things explosions and i'm like what is going on and then like they like explode somehow and like Ares kind of dissipates and like Steve spoiler alert kind of like probably dies like in like a plane and it's just kind of like oh my god this is so again generic it's such a mess yeah there's like nothing to script about it Two, and this is the bigger problem an unnecessary plot turn um because like so if we're following Diana, if we're following Wonder Woman throughout this whole story and she believes for the whole time that somebody else is Aries, like we as an audience are on board with that. Like we believe that too. Like, so for them to pull the rug and say like, um, no, it was somebody else. Like, that doesn't change our sort of perception of anything. It's not a challenge. It's not a challenge intellectually. So um, what would have been great would have been, she kills Ludendorff and then finds out that like 
the war, World War One, is still going on because like men just decided to do so. Mm. Like it wasn't um, up to like a god. It's just like what's in the evil hearts of men like that would have been interesting but like then like no we have to have our like big bad sociopath who who just like comes out of nowhere with superpowers and then they like fight to the death so it's just like and that isn't even like interesting because like their battle like isn't even good so yeah no it's 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 an awful it's an awful scene um, and I also agree, like, so Ares, like, when um, Sir Patrick says, you know, I am Ares. Like, so one thing that really takes away from it is that he has no connection to her whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so it kind of takes away from, like, it's like, okay, like, I, that, that doesn't, it doesn't have any impact on, on me as the viewer at all. Um, like, you know, if, you know, Steve Trevor happened to turn out to be Ares, or like, if Ares was in the body of Steve Trevor, that would have, would have had more of like an emotional impact, um, and like she would have to like save Steve from Aries, like that. That would have been something a little more deep because she has this emotional connection with Steve. Whereas, like you know, it's like okay, Sir Patrick is a is Aries, kill him. Like it doesn't really matter to me. Um, yeah, yeah. And then the ending just kind of seems like a very, you know, big budget like Warner Brothers thing to be like okay yeah we just we need to throw some more effects in here we need a big final battle scene this is what we're gonna do and i guess you know patty jenkins is just like okay let's do it (laughs) i literally watched it two days ago and i like cannot tell you like what happened in that fight scene yeah yeah i mean it's yeah that's just like how memorable it is like i remember at one point there's like an explosion yeah cool you just (laughs) and like you also like so what you do is like so you take that fight scene and like that is the entire plot of Justice League. <laughs> like oh, yeah. Like that is the Justice League. So it's like sitting through two hours of that nonsense is just ugh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so and then the whole movie is used through this framing device of like Diana in present day, like at the Louvre. And she's just like remembering. Yeah. She's just like remembering like the good times because she sees an old picture with her and Steve. Mm -hmm. And um, like, uh, like that was totally unnecessary too. Like the whole framing device, like just did not need to happen because like there's nothing added to the storyline. And there's also a very horrible line that's like, it turns out that like, all you needed was like love to end the war or yeah. something like that. And I'm like, Oh, oh that's oh. so cringeworthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, so I, I just choose to believe the end doesn't happen. I get, I get the whole her in the Louvre. Cause that's kind of her connection to Batman and the greater DC universe. That, that, that's the, like the one thing, you know, Bruce Wayne finds to give her. So I guess it is a bit of a stretch, but they could have done it in a little bit subtler way yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh i i i do appreciate they're trying to connect these movies together and they're trying to create a bigger universe but it just it did not work yeah so um i actually don't love a lot of the stuff in the beginning too even though a lot of i from my understanding a lot of people do like the islands, the again, I can't pronounce it. It's like Thessalonia, lesbian <laughs> island. Um, so they, um, I think a lot of those scenes, 
like cut short just like a little too quickly. So um, they like, for example, she's kind of like discovering that she has powers, but then it's like, then 10 seconds later, um, a like plane crashes and then they have to like resolve the plane crash situation. And then she like rescues Steve from the plane crash. But then there are these like Germans fighting after them. It's like, it's like one like thing after another. There's kind of like no time to like take it all in. Yeah. And so when they kind of like pause from that whole thing and they actually like talk to Steve and like figure out like the plot of where things are going next, like then I think it starts to improve. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying, so once they get off the island and then they finally start to develop some sort of origin story, some sort of plot that's when the movie gets good because yeah. you're in the beginning yeah. the whole beginning is a plot in and of itself like they could develop that whole storyline like a whole origin story of her on the island learning about her powers and it, it could grow from there but like you kind of feel like that story is cut and then we've got to go to something else um, well it made worse by the fact that they never come back to the island exactly so like yeah. that whole story is like unresolved <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of Still. Left, you're kind of left empty, um, but then I feel like the rest of the story, from you know when they get to Great Britain or London um, to towards the end, kind of makes up for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think like the entire middle, which is a good portion of the movie. Like, I mean, this is like at least an hour and a half to almost two hours maybe in the movie mm-hmm. like is perfect like there's i have no complaints it's only mostly the end like my gripes with the beginning are like minor because like i just think scenes cut too short and there's like not enough room to kind of like breathe yeah so i think they're just, like just trying to establish too much in too short of a time frame yeah yeah and like there are other characters on this island like i want to get to know you know i want to get to know um, her mom more like I want to get to know Robin Wright's character more you know they they're they're interesting characters and they're frankly actresses I like <laughs> like Kyle yeah. Nielsen and Robin Wright like I want to see more screen time for them <laughs> like I don't want to see any more Danny Houston Ugh. so <laughs> yeah but um, the, the little girl who plays um, the young Diana um, like you know I'd like to see her training more or like trying to train more um, like her, I was with, gonna say, yeah, like I, her... I do not because she was not a good actress. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry to that, but it's just like, sorry it's... to this child, yeah, sorry to this child. Um, but like, it's again, that just speaks more to her, like her growth, and like, I wanted to see more growth, more like, like development of who Diana is, and like, you know, they say like she can never know who she is. Well, like, you know, who is she? Like, who, like, why is she so, is she like, is she the one? Like, why is she so? powerful like it's never really explained that well like yeah they're like like the more she develops her powers like the less safe she'll be um and i don't know they like kind of talk about that but then they but diana never finds out anything about that so Mm -hmm. it's it's unresolved yeah i presume they'll go back to this in the sequel somehow. Yeah, I we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for Mechanic 4. I am trailer, too. I the trailer's awesome. I think that trailer is perfect. Yeah. And yeah. the way that they're setting up the movie, 
just like it checks every single box in my opinion of like what makes a great superhero movie sequel and um number number one being uh a great like villain and a lot of times they have like charismatic villains kind of jump into the the second movie because the first movie it's like so like a lot of setup so sometimes they can be more generic villains but like the second one they be like they're really charismatic think like your jokers your doc ox yeah yeah so um so this one they have like pedro pascal who's like from like yeah. game of thrones and narcos and so like it just feels like perfect like a perfect fit um playing this kind of like sleazy 80s like self-help guy and i'm like okay i'm here for this and then you have i don't know what type of character she's playing but Kristen wig looks just like a great <laughs> fit who's like i don't know i kind of get the impression she might be in love with <laughs> uh with diana from the trailer yeah. so um and I just think that's like a really interesting character. So do you, um, you want to know? <laughs> I I think it's like kind of obvious, like she'll be some sort of a villain in some sort of way, in like yeah. a poison ivy way. So yeah, um, I'm so knowing I knowing these characters, I I promised I wouldn't do this, but um, <laughs> a Pedro real Pascal spoiler actually, alert. Yeah, yeah, no spoiler. Well. <laughs> Pedro Pascal well, was actually tied to the original, like not the original, but this Wonder Woman reboot that was supposed to come out in 2011, I believe, with Adrian Padalecki, and that never happened. But I guess this is the second chance to be in Wonder Woman. Um, so Pedro Pascal, Pedro Pascal, in this one plays Maxwell Lord, who is known as the supervillain Havoc in the DC universe, um, and he's like a kingpin kind of character. Um, so that should be pretty cool. I'm I'm excited to see his take on Havoc. And Kristen Wiig plays um, one of Wonder Woman's, like, plays the Joker of the Wonder Woman universe. Um, and her name is Barbara Minerva, also known as Cheetah. Um, and Cheetah is like, yeah, Cheetah is like her, like, big baddie. So uh, if they can get Kristen Wiig in the costume, I cannot wait to see what they're going to do with Cheetah. Um, and I think Kristen Wiig is like the... <laughs> She's a very obscure casting choice for this but i'm she looks great for the role and i'm very interested to see how she plays cheetah um so other than that that's that's all i know <laughs> yeah um, and but like, I'm, I'm very excited so it like like i'm what you said earlier about them like really developing like the story like this looks like a great sequel to a a follow-up um superhero movie like this is like the introduction of like her doc Ock. like like I, if they do it right, it's going to be great. It's going to be so good, and it takes place in DC, so yeah. <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> I was denied from being an extra in this movie, and I'm so I know. about it. <laughs> well, you <laughs> you were in Jack Ryan, so yeah. Uh, I filmed in Jack Ryan, but I was not included but in the you, final cut. Womp, womp. You were left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, look for you. In, and- I'll look for you in the 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 deleted scenes. Yeah, it was cool being in DC and like there were all these Wonder Woman sightings, uh, which was yeah. fun because that doesn't happen a lot here. Um, but one of the things that I think will be interesting, like politically, 
and they may or may not get into this, but Wonder Woman, the sequel takes place in 1984. So you have all these Cold Cold War politics, Mm -hmm. which I assume is going to like come up somehow with just knowing like Diana's philosophy on war. So like, I think that'll be like very, an interesting take, like less like combat violence or like proxy wars, more proxy wars. And I Mm -hmm. think that's like a potentially challenging intellectual, um, an an intellectual challenge to Diana, um, who is like, who, I mean this actually like mostly well is kind of self-righteous and I think that makes her an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, and, um, like she has like a very, very clear moral philosophy of good and bad. So, um, and that, um, and that is challenged in the, like in this first wonder woman too, like, it's up to like Steve and like all the supporting cast to be like, you can't be everywhere at once. You can't save like everyone at all times, like as much as you want to. And as much as it's wrong or like as much as wrong things happen in the world. So, um, and like, that's interesting. So I think the cold war in the sequel could be like, a fun challenge to that yeah we'll see idea. yeah yeah and i'm actually very curious to see how they're going to bring him back because like you know he supposedly died at the end of this one and i know and the six like places same age too like yeah so we'll takes see. place 70 years later yeah. <laughs> like what do you like what are you a clone i, I don't know yeah <laughs> so, did you get frozen and ice like are you the new captain america yeah oh okay to that point um can we do a definitive ranking of the Hollywood Chris's, the blonde Chris's. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> so, uh, are we going on like personal looks, preference? Pers- okay, all right. Well, I mean, can be anything. <laughs> like your your right, your ranking okay. of like who your favorite is and like least favorite. So, the four Chris's we have Chris Pine, who is in Wonder Woman. You just referenced Captain America. So Chris Evans, uh, we have uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, also another Avenger, and uh, and another Avenger. Uh, we have Chris Pratt. <laughs> so, wow, they're all four tied to tied to DC or uh, comic book movies. Yeah, Crazy. and they've all like been in. There's a lot of overlap too. So like. Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine were both in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the Avengers overlap and it's just, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much. So, Chris Pratt was in that, that, um, oh my God. What was that space movie? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. Guardians of the Galaxy? No, 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 no. The, the one with Jennifer Lawrence, the terrible movie. Oh, Passengers. Passengers. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? I did not. Oh, I saw, like, I saw like 10 minutes of it and I'm like, I've got to turn this off. Anyway, I don't know. I had a point with that, but I forgot. Um, all right. So should I go first or should you? <laughs> Do you know yours? I know mine. Yeah, I know mine. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I started, so you can, okay. uh, so meaning you can go first. All right. So my, I, I'll go bottom up. So my number four would be, even though I think he's great, uh, my number four would be Chris Hemsworth. Um, 
I think he's great as Thor, uh, but not one of my favorite actors. I think he's very much typecast and kind of sticks in his comfort zone. Um, my number three would probably be, oh my God, uh, Chris Pratt. Um, I love Chris Pratt. I think he's also, I think he's great. Um, I've loved him since Parks and Recreation, but I I don't really know anything bad to say about him. He's just my number three. Um, Chris Evans is my number, or sorry, Chris Pine is my number two. Uh, great. I think he's awesome as, I think he's awesome in Star Trek. And I think he's, I think he's one of the funniest um, actors in the, actually working today. Um, just his like, I his suaveness is is good too and chris evans is my number one uh i'm team cap for life so and i like again i like all four of these guys i think they're all great i just if i had to rank them that that would be my rank so yeah this is like yeah I, like, I don't really for, it's for like fun. i don't know how, how, what bad things to say about these people it's just my preference so hensworth pratt pine evans um okay so mine's a little different uh, my number four is Chris Pratt. Um, I love him on Parks and Rec, and that's about it. <laughs> so I think he's, I think he's an amazing Star Lord. Yeah, um, I don't like Star Lord um, as a character. I don't know if it like has anything to do with like Chris Pratt, uh, but I just like. I am kind of tired of what I think is like becoming a trope of like the um, superhero who's like also like fast talking, like witty, like responses and like add in double points if they're like kind of like lazy and snarky. And Mm -hmm. I think that just adds like into that it's just like not for me it's like not my type of humor so i mean um, i can't really think of any besides him and like iron man that i'm i'm not a a deadpool kind of fits in this category oh yeah 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 um and it's kind of why i'm not like hugely drawn to deadpool Mm -hmm. um i'm glad it wasn't one of our options because i didn't really want to watch it uh but uh anyway that's um that's just like might be personal preference but you do see it like again and again too and like you do see it evolving too like now like now thor for example is like much funnier than he like ever was in the like first couple thor movies yeah like his well, first thor movies like taking over yeah so, like, in the first couple, like, Thor movies, um, say what you will about the Dark World, not, <laughs> um, like, the comedic relief is, like, by Thor being, like, the straight man. Like, like in any sort of scene that they bounce off his ideas, it's because he's so oblivious to everything. And that's where the comic relief comes from. But by the time Thor 3, Ragnarok rolls around, he's much more self-aware and like funny and giving off like comedic time, um, comedic chops. Uh So like they're evolving his character too. Like they know their model. Marvel knows this like model in particular and like makes it work. Uh, Yeah. So because it, it sells. So um, 
all of this was just to say Chris Pratt is number four. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, I actually don't think Chris Pratt's like particularly good in some of his like dramatic roles, but alas. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, he's the every the top three are like hard for me to rank, but uh, three would probably be Chris Evans. Um, I it's more so just the fact that I like really love the other two. <laughs> so yeah. you don't um, have to say anything negative. You yeah, your person. Yeah, I like really have nothing negative to say about Chris Evans. Um, yeah, and two is Pine, and one is Hemsworth. Yeah. Oh, okay. So our number two and number four, our number one and number four, <laughs> vastly different. Yeah. I um. I I'm not the biggest Chris Hemsworth fan, but. I I like Chris Hemsworth too. I remember explicitly seeing Star Trek, referencing Star Trek again, and like when he appeared in like the opening scene of Star Trek uh, in two thousand nine, it was kind of like, oh my god, like who is this person? And like that, like obviously, kind of launched his career. It was not too dissimilar to the way um, Margot Robbie, I think, exploded on the scene right after uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, uh, it was kind of like, oh my god, what a find! So um, Chris Hemsworth, I think, like launched on for that too. And I like likes a lot of the weird stuff that um, he does, like um, Cabin in the Woods, and uh, I like him in um, the movie Rush too, the race car movie, which I I don't know why I like race car movies, but I do. So. Um, you like the so, r- yeah. thrill of it all. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah. as you are aware, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Cabin in the Woods. Um, maybe that was because of Chris Hemsworth, but uh, and I also, Rush was very, I remember enjoying it, but it was not a memorable, it like wasn't a memorable movie for me. It's something I'd have to go back and watch again. I, unpopular opinion, but I do not like, um, Bad times at a Royale. Oh, I don't. Where, I, I don't. I don't. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Where he plays like a cult leader, and yeah. like that's some place where he should shine, and he's fine in it too. But like, just the way that like the movie progresses, it's just like all over the place and kind of self indulgent. Yeah, in my bad, opinion, bad times. Yeah, it was self indulgent, and it's it was definitely it was it was a chore to get through. I I watched it, but it was not not pleasant. So it's just disappointing because like on paper that is it should be great. Yeah, that's like my thing. Yeah. What but I would it just, love. It didn't it just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Good choices. I like them. Definitive rankings. Definitive. Tell us your rankings too. <laughs> yes, please, the fortress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can do that on our social media pages. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So at repeat step pod uh, on Twitter and facebook.com slash step and repeat pod. Yeah, I don't know why I went right to our social media pages. That was a terrible segue. Um, it, it worked. Yeah, so all right, uh, cool. So, should we uh, any final thoughts on the Chris's or superhero movies or Wonder Woman? Uh, no, I am excited for the sequel and hope that we get to see it in 2020. Yeah. 
We're going to have a whole other podcast on Wonder Woman 1984. Hopefully one day. <laughs> hopefully in August. Yeah, we'll see. So. All okay. Right. Cool. Okay, so should we go into what we're doing next week? Sure, yeah. Well, I'm excited. I, I am it's too. Killing. <laughs> uh, want to thank our listener, Beth, who emailed us with a theme suggestion. And uh, for those of you who have other suggestions, you can always email us at stepandrepeatpod at gmail.com. And we will uh, take your themes into consideration when choosing our next movies. And Beth had some great ideas. Uh, And so the first one that we're at least going to roll with, with her idea, is disaster movies. Uh, Ooh. I know. So all of... My mind is blown. No pun intended. All the things that can go wrong in the world, you know, other than Australian bushfires and Australian deforestation, not Australian, uh, Amazonian <laughs> deforestation. <laughs> but, Hopefully Wonder Woman's okay. I know, I know. Themisteria or wherever that island is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so we're going to do disaster movies. And uh, just as kind of a reminder of how this process works, uh, I choose two movies and Matt chooses two movies. And then using those four choices, you vote on them, either on our social media pages or um, via email. And um, then the one with the most votes uh, accumulating all of those wins and that's the next movie that we choose so i think you went first last time so that yes yeah leaves me to go first this time with my pick uh so you ready yeah all right Um, the first movie that i choose is deep impact (laughs) the oh (laughs) who'd have thunk it yeah the 1998 uh, movie about a uh, comet hitting the Earth, like very famously released, like within months of the movie Armageddon, and yeah. uh, it was just like the summer of destruction, and stars like Morgan Freeman as the president, uh, like young Elijah Wood, uh, like Tay Leone, and all these Robert Duvall. Like, a uh, pretty big cast. Uh, yeah. And um, I uh, actually had a science project in, like, in, like, elementary school that I, like, modeled after the movie Deep Impact. So, like, it yeah. always had, like, a special place in my heart. <laughs> so. I've never seen Deep Impact. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, I uh, I believe it is on Netflix. Oh, great! Yeah, okay. I checked right before, and yes, I believe it's on Netflix. Yeah. So. And this is your this is your woman, your female director, promise, correct? Yes, yes. So it's directed yeah. by Mimi Leader, mm-hmm. who uh, went on, um, who's gone on to do like a number of like really great television. Um, I think her best work is on the TV show The Leftovers, but. 
so, um, yeah. And <laughs> there were, there were not a lot of options, let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. That's why I wasn't surprised. But so. uh, but when we decided to do this, I knew that was going to be like my pick because I knew it was directed by Mimi Leader. Um, yeah. So, anyway, cool. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So, um, I wanted to go with uh, a movie I have seen and I haven't seen. Um, and when it comes to disaster movies, there's not a lot I haven't seen. Um, but so I'll go with the first one that I haven't seen. Um, so the 1970s were a big time for disaster movies. And obviously I haven't seen a lot of disaster movies from the seventies. Um, and I, I probably should just for my film history knowledge. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of big um, epics, big blockbusters. This was like the, the dawn of the big blockbuster, um, the seventies. Uh, so my, um, my pick, my first pick is going to be, from uh, where was it here? Sorry, oh, shoot. Sometime in the seventies. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh my god! I just lost my page. No. My well, we can figure it out later. Yeah. What year it was? Um. Okay. So anyway, my first pick is going to be the Poseidon. Ah! Oh, from nineteen <laughs> from nineteen seventy two. Um. I actually really like the remake Poseidon, <laughs> so I I've never gotten around to seeing the original. Um. I know you hate it. <laughs> oh, I hate the remake. I've never seen the original. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious to watch it, and I really want to see it, and so that's my number one pick. I I um would love to do that, and that actually was uh one of my backups. So oh, I'm great. really glad that you that you picked it. Uh, I when you said the '70s, I knew it was either going to be the Poseidon Adventure, or who knows, this could be your second pick too, or I thought it was going to be the Towering Inferno. Uh, oh no! Which yeah. I've also never seen. So yeah. or, or earthquake or airport. Yeah, um, so, lots of lots of movies to choose from. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, I'm really glad you picked I, that too. That won an yeah, Oscar. I, it won an Oscar for best supporting actress, which is like yeah, crazy to think that like a disaster movie won best supporting actress. Uh, yeah. So I would love to like see why. <laughs> yeah, well, let's do it. Or I mean. You know, watch you choose. It, even if it, yeah, you choose. <laughs> yeah, I would. Right. I would uh, say to our listeners, uh, challenge yourselves. So you might be surprised. Uh, yeah. Um, and you know, funny enough, Leslie Nielsen is also in this. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's Leslie Nielsen. He's like he's not like one of the main characters. He's more of a side character. Um, but so funnily enough, he was also in the movie Airplane, which is like a kind of a satire of the disaster movie. Um, and I, it's like I've seen it. It's like one of the funniest movies of all time. Um, but anyway, well, I digress. As long as he's better than Fergie was in Poseidon in two thousand six. <laughs> I like Poseidon. It's kind of fun. Maybe maybe we should pick Poseidon the the sequel. No, not the sequel. The remake. No, I already have my. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Well, remake I could. I could pick it. If... You could. You could. Uh, okay. So my second pick, and I am dead serious, my pick is the movie Armageddon. <laughs> I, Are you serious? <laughs> I solely want to have a, a social experiment of who, what people prefer, Deep Impact or Armageddon, just to see okay. like which one they're going to pick to see the results. So I had a, I had a feeling... 
that may have been coming, so I left it off my list. Funnily enough, I also have not seen Armageddon. Wow! Oh, you've never seen yeah. the uh, the movies, the, the Impact movies. No, I've never seen. Wow! Um, so this I, is... I just I yeah. when I was younger, like I think I was like too scared to go see him in theaters, and then like I just never got around to it. I just never really cared enough. Um, I think I've seen the beginning of it, but that was it. Like it is like or... classic Michael Bay. It is like. <laughs> everything <laughs> um but it's like ridiculous uh it's ridiculous and you know it's ridiculous like a bunch of oil drillers like go up into space to um drill a hole in an asteroid to blow it up before it hits earth like that is literally the plot and, great, great. Um, that's like a bunch of politicians figuring out a cure for coronavirus so great. uh it's like what pitted like deep impact versus armageddon like deep impact is known for being like the serious one like the sign the more scientifically accurate one mm-hmm. and um and it's like sentimental whereas armageddon is like silly fun it's like yeah. you know it's ridiculous kind of like heading into it so um that's where like the battle lines were drawn in the summer of 1998 uh, so, um, right. I just like, want to see what people would pick. I have a feeling, I think I know the way people would go, but I don't want to tip the scales. Yeah. I feel like Armageddon was the more popular one. It made more money, but like yeah. critically deep impact is generally more liked. So, yeah. um, so it depends on like how you vote, but I would just like, like to, it would be a curious a ex- curious example to see like what people choose yeah if cool. they choose All right. or just which one everyone yeah, gets more they... votes basically yeah. yeah um cool cool sounds good i'm you know looks like i'm gonna be seeing a new movie <laughs> next week oh uh, my well no my second pick is probably not gonna win um but never say it, that will be the only <laughs> um it'll be the only movie on the list that i have seen um and I pick it um, because it's a little similar to me. It was actually my grandfather's um, like favorite movie, and I still have his mug from it. Um, and he like cherished this mug. Like this was his favorite mug, like of all time. So I have this mug, and I looked at it this morning, and I said, "Huh, I'm gonna choose this for my for one of my movies." So my second movie pick for next week is going to be 1996's Independence Day. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that I just think there's so many like iconic scenes and iconic explosions. And I just think it's like a fun, it's a fun, it's a good fun disaster movie, you know, typical Roland Emmerich. Um, it's much better than sequel <laughs> than it's sequel. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. Will Smith and uh, Jeff Goldblum See, in the height of their careers. You, you mentioned the seventies as being kind of, a big time for disaster movies. I think like the nineties, the mid to late nineties were just like on point for disaster movies. I mean, other than the three disaster movies in the nineties that we have as our picks, um, Mm -hmm. you have things like Twister, Volcano, like um, uh, Dante's Peak, another dual disaster movie. So like all of those great things, uh, like just really light up the nineties. Yeah. So um for me and for me, there are three big decades for disaster movies. 
Um, they tried in the 50s and it it didn't really go over well. I mean, there are a lot of big disaster movies in the 50s. Um, Godzilla coming onto the scene was huge. Um, and that kind of set like a, set like a tone for the 50s. Um, so like then you had like War of the Worlds. You actually had two movies about Titanic. Um, little known fact, like Titanic is a remake of like these two movies. Um, a lot of space invasion movies. Um, so the 50s was a big time for disaster movies. And then you get the 70s, the rise of the big summer or the rise of the big blockbuster. Um, and this is where like disaster movies started to like really become popular. Um, the big budgets uh, were starting to become more popular. They were starting to become a thing. And then the 90s when disaster movies like became actually like good and not like something of like a total and complete joke. So <laughs> I considered um, picking Titanic, but I think that would like would have won in a landslide. Yeah, no. So yeah, I I considered it too, and I was like, mm, no, people are just gonna go right to that because yeah. it's something they know. So yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that's your history lesson for the day, um, <laughs> and more uh, to learn in the tomorrow. the next episode. Then, yep, there you go. We'll be able to yeah. So next week we'll be talking all disaster all the time just this disaster of a situation we're in right now <laughs> yeah really really reflecting yeah. the times <laughs> yeah exactly so all right cool well i'm excited we gotta me too we'll we'll post those on our social media pages and they will be up until wednesday and then we will reveal the winner thursday correct that's right yeah all right. so get to voting yeah let your voice right. be heard yeah well I've had a good time discussing superheroes and horror writers and <laughs> all sorts of things with you today. So, Glad. And I definitely, look, yes, I will definitely look forward to next week. So, all right. So on that note, anything to add? Uh, no, I think that's all from me. All right. Well, in the meantime, we'll uh, talk to you next week. And as always, it's an honor to be considered. <laughs>